Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our morning Bible study with the Day of Prayer. We are so glad you could join us as we continue to discuss 2 Samuel. Before we get into the Word, who would like to volunteer to open us up in prayer? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you again for being with us, Lord. And I invite the Holy Spirit in to guide us, Lord, as we go through this devotional and we spend time with each other and your word, Lord, learning about you and discovering what you have for us, Lord. And I just ask that you continue to bless your people and keep them safe, Lord, and guide them into all knowledge and wisdom and virtue, Lord, just as you've asked us to be walk in, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we are continuing Second Samuel chapter 12 this morning. Uh, we left off, we're going to start in verse 33, or 23, excuse me. So, can I get a volunteer to read from there to the end of the chapter? I will. All right, LaCharles. And it says, And it came to pass after two full years that Aslan had sheep shears in Baalhazar, which is in Ephraim. So Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then Absalom came to the king and said, Kindly note, your servant has sheep shears. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, let us not go now, lest we be burned to you. Then he urged him, but he would not go, and he blessed him. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him, so he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Watch now, when Ammon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, Strike Ammon, then Amnon, you... Amnon, baby. Amnon, sorry. Mm-hmm. Then kill him. Do not be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and each one got on his mule and fled. And it came to pass, while they were on the way, that news came to David, saying, Absalom has killed all the king's sons, and not one of them is left. So the king arose and tore his garments, and lay on the ground, and all his servants stood by him, stood by with their clothes torn. Then Jonadab, the son of Shema, dad's, not David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose they have killed all the young men, the king's sons, but only Amnon is dead. For by the command of Absalom, this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore, let not my lord the king take the, things to, take the thing to his heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead, for only Amnon is dead. Then Absalom fled, and the young men who were wa- keeping watch lifted their, his eyes and looked, and there many people were coming from the road on the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said to the king, Look, the king's sons are coming, as your servant said, so it is. So it was, as soon as he had finished speaking, that the king's sons indeed came, and they lifted up their voices and wept. Also the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. 
But Absalom fled and went to Talamate, the son of Ammahud, king of Jeshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Jeshur and was there three years. And King David longed to go to Absalom, for he had been comforted concerning Amnon, Amnon, because he was dead. Okay. Let's start with, with you guys. What's the Holy Spirit revealed to you? What questions or comments do you have? Um, kind of like how with everybody else inside of the, I'm not sure if David lived inside the castle, but I assume he lived inside the castle. Okay. That everybody else inside the castle thought everybody else is dead because Absalom killed them, but only... Jonadab. Jonadab. was the only one who knew and said, they're not all dead. It's just Ammon. And to me, it kind of seems like that Jonadab was... Advising um, Absalom because he's the only one that knew. It's an interesting thought and perspective, sir. He was the only one that seemed to have such detailed information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, accurate he information. He knew with certainty mm-hmm. that yes. no, nah, he only wanted to get Amnon because of what he did. Yeah. Mm. And also the fact that Jonadab wasn't his servant. Wasn't his servant? Absalom's. Right. That's right. Absol- um, Jonadab shouldn't have been there. But he wasn't one of the servants. They had the order to kill Amnon, right? So, like, you're saying he wasn't a part of the group to know what was going on unless he was actually a part of the group? And nobody knew that he was giving bad advice beforehand? Yes. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good observation, sir. Mm -hmm. Especially when we look at history and pattern, right? Notice how John and Dad didn't didn't mention here at all the role he played in with Amnon, right? I told him. I told him to do this thing, and... Yeah, I advised him to do X, Y, and Z, and he carried that out, and, hmm, hmm. convenient. Or, or or do you think uh, Absalom might have looked at things or, or acted a little differently if he had known that information? I think he would have got drawn a dab as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if he had spoken to his brother... His brother might have told him that. Well, Jonadab told me that was a good idea. This is how I should set it up. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't excuse him. No, no, it doesn't. doesn't Absolutely excuse, not. Either way, it doesn't excuse him. But I'm just them. saying, Absalom would have known. But this goes to what's at the core and why we must forgive. Two reasons. First, because the Lord commands it. Yes. 
It says very plainly, if you won't forgive, then my Heavenly Father won't forgive you. Yes. Hence, we must forgive. It's a command. It's not an option for us. Mm. We must be walking in a spirit of forgiveness. And by that, I mean ready to forgive as soon as anyone offends us or attempts to offend us. We don't even take that offense. We just forgive them. That's the exact way that, that Christ, as our pattern example, acted and responded. He was quick to forgive, even while being murdered and crucified on the cross. Being blameless, without sin, with no reason for that to have happened to him. By human perspective and means and measures. There was no reason he wasn't guilty of anything. it happen and he forgave in the moment yes, while being crucified while being murdered mm-hmm. he didn't say hey lord I'll, after you raise me from the dead then I'll forgive them let, let me think about this for the next however many hours mm-hmm. before I croak and, and and I'll forgive them right before it happens right no no no, no he didn't do any of that mm-hmm. in the moment in the midst of the very act he forgave them. Sure did. Yes. Glory to the most high God. Amen. <clears throat> so this is the importance of forgiveness. Unforgiveness. Oh man, playing so blinds the person that is holding it. It blinds them. They can't see anything else. I mean it, it causes ailment to their body. First of all, separates them from the Father, right? Separates them yes. from his covering and his protection and his grace and goodness in their life. Bless you, sweetie. Bless you. But it, it blinds them. All they can see is their hurt. And they live it over and over and over again. And then plan and devise what they are going to do about it instead of giving it over to the Lord. Mm-hmm. To and let the, the Lord have his way. Yeah. And the enemy's okay with that because he's like, hey, you're cutting yourself off from the blessing. Got you on one side, and I'm going to get you on the other. But forgiveness is because God asked us to, but it's also for our well-being. Our well-being. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That's that submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody else have anything they... Heard from the Lord or noticed or? Yes. Um, I would like to take you to Proverbs. Okay. Um, Proverbs what, sweetheart? I would like to first take you to um, Proverbs 16, verse 28 30. Mm-hmm. It says, a perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Mm. A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. He winks his eye to devise perverse things. He pursues purses his lips, and brings about evil. 
it, mm-hmm. you can see that in both Jonadab and Absalom, unfortunately, they both have this standpoint, if you will, that causes them to create strife in their own household and have the and make their siblings pitted against each other. That's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like when you go around rumors, that's a good, that's what that is. When you go around spreading lies about people, it causes and you don't go seek the truth for yourself. You just believe any old thing anybody tells you. It causes you to be pitted against your neighbor and causes you to sometimes hate each other and sin and trans trans dress against the Lord and fall short of his glory and not follow his commandments. And then you start losing out on your own blessings and also causing others to stumble around you because even though you're not exactly a parent or a teacher, you're still an example for others around you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's important that you listen to the Lord for yourself and you know the truth of who he is and who you are to him and how you should behave when you go about your everyday life, it doesn't, as dad likes to say, it doesn't start when you get out the house. It starts now while you're being trained up, while you're still living in your parents. What The things that you practice now are the things that you're going to do later. Like dad tells us, you fight like you train. If you practice lying and cheating and stealing, that's exactly what you're going to do 5, 10, 20 years down the road when it actually matters. You're not going to magically, I'm going to tell the truth now and be honest. Mm-hmm. No. Amen, sweetie. Yep. You have to put into practice mm-hmm. what you're going to do, how you're going to live your life. Mm-hmm. And did you have other scriptures that you wanted to look at? Yes. Okay. okay. Um, well, let's hear them. And I would like to take you to, um, it's still in Proverbs, chapter 18, verses 6 through 8. Uh, Is everybody there? Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It says, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. Hmm. You can see that with Absalom and um, Jonadab. Jonadab advised Amnon to force Tamar, and then he... I guess he advised Absalom to start to kill Amnon because of this thing. And calling for blows does not exactly just mean beating somebody up. That can be actual murder, killing them, cutting them off from the land of the living. And you do see that with people who aren't forgiving, who just let, who let that seed of hatred grow into a tree of a whole bunch of trouble. That's, mm-hmm. that's the most simple part. Mm-hmm. because they didn't turn to the Lord and go, okay, Lord, I'm feeling this way. I'm upset about this, but help me, Lord, to see what you see about this person. Help me to deal with this correctly. Mm-hmm. Like how mommy and how you and dad advise us to deal with each other. When I'm upset, it's important that I stay quiet because then I, I go off out of the Lord's will, and then I caused my other siblings to be pitted against each other and then stir up strife inside the household, so now everybody's upset and irritated versus me just going, okay, Lord, let me be quiet. Help me see the truth about the situation. Help me navigate this so that everybody's in peace, we're still in love, and we can get the situation solved. 
Absalom could have done that, and so could have Jonadab and Amnon, but they chose instead to, no, 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 Lord, I got this. I can do it my own way. Go ahead, girl. Yes, Amen. yes indeed. That yes. is true. Amen. And it's not just them. Everybody had a role and a part to play. It includes David himself. Yeah. And the king's As we were talking in the last time, right, he did nothing. But even in this, he's got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you see, he initially, when Absalom attempts to um, initially enact his plan, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's laying he's the laying the, the, the groundwork and the trap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but what does David do? Initially, he resists. He says no for himself. Yep. He and says no for himself, but he also said no for his brothers. No, let's not go. We'll be a burden. Mm-hmm. Right? And but eventually, he gave in. But he says, and the king said to him, why should he go with you? Like, All right, it, he's questioning it. Like something doesn't add up here. It caught his attention, right? We talked about the Holy Spirit, how he goes, hey, hey. Look at this. It's not right. You may not get a full stream outline of a prophetic word of all the details that are going forth, but he gives you the important, um, what you need to know to act right now, what you need to act on. He gives you that. Like, nope, hey, 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 look at that. And then when you come, go, yes, Lord. Yes, Holy Spirit. Then he rolls out, don't go that way. Don't let him go. Because, I mean, if, I'm, if we're being honest, perhaps that was a trap for David as well. So just go ahead and kill him. Right? Yes. He killed his brother with no sweat off, you know, no no sweat off his nose or his back or anything else. He did it for, with a straight for face. For his role and part that he played. What's to say it wasn't for David as well? Yeah. For because he didn't inaction. do anything. Yeah. So you don't know. But we have the Holy Spirit. Now we have to remain in line with this plan. Because he changes it. Not only does he give the okay for Amnon, but also for all the rest of the sons. He says, okay, yeah, never mind. Everybody can go. I'm just going to remain here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you could seriously question uh, uh, David being a man of war, looking on the, down, the other side of that. Why, I mean, why would you dismiss that? Like, he, he most, was he trying to kill me too? Because he made a clear point to ask for both of them. Yes, it could have been a distraction because he knew his dad was going to say no. But at the same time, that was some boldness done here to do and this. And to be persistent, yes. In front of his king, his dad, but who's also the king. He had no qualms about it. Yes. Mm. Yes, he was so committed and not to do anything righteous or just. Mm-hmm. Absalom. Okay, so what else? But Charles, you had something. Yes. All right, let's hear it. You addressed one of the things I was going to bring up with Absalom when he was asking about the king. Um, and then I want to bring up where it says, and David was comforted concerning Am- Amnon. I found it quite interesting that in later chapters he's mourning for a long time for different people, but you can see that he kind of like casts off, okay, that whatever. Explain. You were, um, it was either you or mom, you were talking about how the mourning period's a long time typically. It's well, not just a well, day it varies. or so. It varies. It's typically, culturally, about seven days. Right now you see in... Various places in the Bible where that succeeded, 
like for Moses, I believe it was 40 days or, or something to that effect. It was, it was an extended period of time. So, but typically, yes, it's not just one day, right? It's, it's a, usually about seven days. So they have like a, yeah. what's called like a customary period of, of mourning. But then also you have to add in how does the person feel? What was the closeness? You know, how was all of those are factors, the women yes. tended to mourn a lot longer personally, but they would go out as a, a group and mourn. Everybody mourned for a certain period of time that was, you know, related, but maybe the, the widow of a, a person who died would mourn longer in their own personal mourning time. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So it varied at times, but like you, you said, sweetheart, they had a customary period. Mm -hmm. You can see, like, they kind of just sweep it under the rug, and it says that David's heart um, longed, and you can say from that scripture that it had been a little while, and it's long enough for Joab to notice it, but you can see that David was sad, but not too sad. Oh, yes, sure. He was absolutely sad, and, and yes. So verse 38, it says how long the period that he was mourning for, right, or grieving was. Three years. And why? He wanted to go to Absalom. All right? He, yes. he still wanted to be by his son, or have his son by him, I should say. All right? But, yeah, the very next, or the second half of that verse is very interesting. You've been comforted concerning Amnon because he was dead. So you're saying he let that go. The mourning for Abna, he let that situation go pretty easily for what yes. it was. But he's still mourning for the son that's alive. Yes. You can see. Like that's a little bit disproportionate, right? Like something's, a, yes. something's wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Well, can because no, it's, it's not right. Now David could have acted, should have acted, and done something. Instead of, well, now someone else stepped in to do something. Yes. To, about the situation. Making Absalom have to act as an avenger. Now, he didn't have to act, Correct. but David, as the head of the household, yes, he's king of Israel, but he's still the patriarch of his house, right? His his wives and children and... And required you know, to manage his own household well. Mm -hmm. he's, he's still that person. So it does seem like he got over it. Maybe he was like, well... He got his comeuppance because of what he did. But at the same time, how can that man come to that conclusion? You know what I mean? Yes. And, and this is two years later. Two years later, after the, the event, that, yes, Absalom's been harboring this, putting mm -hmm. places and plans in action to carry out. But then also that... David still hadn't done anything. It's mm -hmm. two years. So it makes me wonder, um, if you think back to, is it Simeon and Levi? Yes, I was going to bring that up. Oh, well, come on, we'll go, go tell ahead. us about it. Uh, just how Absalom and his actions reminded me of Simeon and Levi and what happened. It was a very similar scenario to what happened to Tamar. But with the only Dina, explain. With the daughter of Adina, right? Oh, Yes. yes, it was Dina, but I'm saying Absalom and Tamar. Yes. Instance, they were very similar and almost identical, actually. The only difference for me was the man that was after Dina truly did love her and was willing to do whatever to have her. Literally had the entire kingdom. 
circumcised. Circumcised to have her. But Simeon and Levi took it upon themselves, even after they made a deal with the king and the prince, to slaughter everybody in the city. And those Every were male. Those were Jacob's sons, mm-hmm. right? One of the like the four oldest. They were one of the older yes. sons. Um, there was Reuben, and then Simeon and Levi, and then Judah. Yes. After that, Judah was so. the fourth. Yes. So they were they were in the older group of children that Jacob, also known as Israel, who he um, birthed. But the man that did the crime was not somebody who professed the Lord. So you could you could look at him and go, okay, their customs were backwards. We see the Lord talking about how the people of the lands governed themselves and God didn't, he said it was wicked. He didn't like mm-hmm. what they were doing to each other and to themselves. But that man, we'll, we'll give him for the sake of, in the relationship, active relationship with the Lord, he didn't know the Lord. The um, Abimelech's son or... Maybe it was one of the Abimelechs, whomever it was, whatever people said, the man that um, violated Dina came from. It was they didn't know. Okay. They didn't know any better, but he did try to make it right. And go, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were good, but no, okay. I, I just want to have a relationship with her. I'll take her, and that's fine. And um, Jacob, her father, said, yep, okay, but you have to do this, and then we can interact with the peoples. And they agreed to that, and they were just angry people. Was it actually about Dina? Because now she had been honored. Now has she had been the bride. She's got her husband. She's getting married. She's fine with that. No, they wanted the land from the beginning. They want the spoils because it says they plundered them. Because if you're avenging your sister, what, what does, does their goods have to yeah. do with anything? If it was really truly about your sister and her honor. Mm-hmm. She didn't get any of it. So she likely she actually became a widow before she, you know, had the chance to really enjoy or become a part of, you know, enter into her marriage covenant. I'm not sure if it was right before she got married that they because they were still healing from the circumcision. So I don't imagine that they had a wedding ceremony and he was in such pain. You understand what I'm saying? So either way, right around that, (laughs) right around that time, um, they robbed her of the opportunity to have a sense of restoration for herself and said, oh, you, you should be fine with this anyway. Um, but Absalom, he took his sister to his house, but was that for her? Was he actually avenging what was done to her or was this about something else? I think it was a, with Absalom is a little bit of both. But I think he didn't like Amnon to begin with because Amnon was the oldest. So rightfully, he should have been the next one to get the throne anyway. And Absalom was third down the line. How about that? Looky, looky. And that kind of reminded me, like, Amnon kind of reminded me of Reuben and what he did Mm -hmm. and how the Lord disinherited Reuben and gave it to Judah. Mm -hmm. And likewise, Absalom was passed up. The Lord was like, oh, we'll skip right over you and give it Simeon. to Solomon. Simeon <laughs> well, and let's, Levi. Let's look at it for two things, Versus right? So there's that. That's that's a- accurate, right? That's that's part of the human nature, sin nature. Yes. But then let's also look at, because <clears throat> you could view this twofold, him taking his sister into a, his house, 
Is it really there to comfort, like we pointed out? Or is it there, was she there, as a reminder? So now he's focused on his sister, right? And and I don't mean in any kind of perverted way, but every day he's reminded of what happened. He's got a reminder. He can go out and run that list. What we talked about when you don't forgive, how people replay it over and over and over. I'm never going to let this go. And they relive that situation over and over again. Every day it's like they were just violated or they were just wronged every day because they they refused to let it go and forgive. But he wasn't even the person that was wronged. Yes. Right? But now he's got a reminder, something that he's before him, another god or idol, Mm -hmm. right? Because he's going after his own lusts, his own desires, which, well, you could argue is the king, is to be the next in line to the throne. Oh, it clearly was. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so there are all these things are happening. Yes. But he keeps this reminder in front of him. Constantly. For the entirety of the two years. Hmm. Yes. And Absalom went to his grandpa's house. Exactly. <laughs> his uncle's house. His uncle's house, yes. Because <laughs> his mom was from... Um, Jeshua. Yep. Absalom, the son of Makkah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Jeshua. Mm-hmm. So he went to grandpa. Did. It's interesting. That was a very good connection, Kyla. Thank you so yes. much. Uh-uh. That was delightful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? It. Go ahead. Kind of like in verse 26 when. Kind of like it seemed planned out that he said, well, the human are coming with us. Can act. Amen. Amen. Come with us. It kind of seemed like he was anticipating on David's, no, I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. We talked about that already, mm-hmm. sir. What about in verse 28? Absalom commands the servants. And what does he say? Watch now when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. What he really meant to say was, hush your mouth and do my bidding. (laughs) Well, but his dad said the same thing in that little letter. To Joab. He meant the same thing too. Put Uriah in the... Put him on up there. But what is it at the core of it? Have we not heard this before in Scripture? What's What's all? Don't be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Be courageous Joshua. and valiant. There you go, Joshua. Sorry. The Lord said that to Joshua. Be strong, be bold, be courageous, right? Mm-hmm. But that was things of the Lord, not yeah, killing people. And what the Lord said, exactly. But he said that to him at least five times. He says it three times in the first chapter of Joshua. But then he also says it to Joshua in the end, towards the end of Deuteronomy. I want to say 31 or 32. And uh, I want to say in chapter 34, it's towards the end of Deuteronomy, before while Moses is in front of all the people, establishing Joshua as the, the next, I'll say, judge or ruler, next leader of mm-hmm. Israel to lead them into the promised land. So Joshua is told five times in just a few chapters, be strong, be bold, be courageous. It's a twisting. Mm-hmm. Of things, because clearly this isn't for the Lord's bidding, right? No. Same as what Abigail said to David: 
You're the one that fights the Lord's battles. This clearly isn't a battle of the Lord's. Isn't that exactly what the devil tried to do with Jesus? He came at him with scripture. He tried to test the Lord. Tried to test Jesus Christ with scripture. Twisting it. Twisting mm -hmm. it. Manipulating it. Mm -hmm. The application. and Yeah. But now like Jesus, as our pattern example, we should resist it. Mm -hmm. It is written. Mm -hmm. However, the servants did what? Did they they, they carried out what he said. So promise, what's your, what did you have to say? What else? And also like how I, like how Absalom, I'm not trying to state what you guys already stated, but okay. he told his servants to me, just seemed like instead of him just killing him, he was telling his servants so he can go, well, they did that on his own bidding, just like what John did deal with Ammon. He did that with his own bidding. I didn't do anything. Okay, so, so he put other people up to it instead of doing it himself? Yes. To claim okay. technicalities on his hand being clean. Right, just mm -hmm. like Jonadab, he put Amnon up to violating Tamar instead of him doing it himself. She's or still... David plotting to have Uriah sent to a wall, so technically he wasn't shot by his own people. He just was abandoned. He didn't kill them. It was the archers. It's a good thing the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So it, that would sound like semantics. Semantics? Oh. But technically I didn't, but this happened, so I'm excused. Uh-huh. So for, for everyone else that doesn't live in this household, we, we talk about that a lot with our children. Don't try to play word games and act like I did what you're saying, you said, but really I didn't do it. There was this one time. When Kyla was about no, please <laughs> no, no, just this one story. She was about four and a half, five years old, and Layla, who was the second oldest, oh, she was a little, a little one. She was just a toddler, and I, I heard a thud, and then no. I heard Layla crying, and cry. And Layla said, she said Kyla hit me, and I said. You know, I went to Kyla like, what's going on? Why are you there? There's absolutely no, you guys don't hit each other. You know, that's never allowed in our household. And she said, Kyla said, I didn't hit her. I had my fist out like this. And she showed me her arm was extended straight out front. She had her hand balled up in a fist. And she said, I just had my hand like this. She ran into it. <laughs> Layla ran into my fist, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there will, There's no running into someone's fist. You know what I mean? Like, there, God, you cannot... Pull that with him. He understands what you mean, what you're doing, why you're doing it. To the th oh, Kyla, come on, that was he a knows funny story. The thoughts and intentions of the heart. <laughs> it was a funny story. It's actually one of my my favorite. Um, it wasn't funny in the moment. I couldn't believe she said it, but <laughs> looking at it now, you know, she's almost 20 years old. That was what 15 years ago, you know, and she's grown so much since then. Mm -hmm. But the sentiment of of who, like, how people think we can we can trick God. I'm going to do it, but I'll make them miserable. 
Lord, I'm, I'm going to, you know, sow the seed, but I'm going to sow it in 15 installments instead of just giving it at one time like you asked me to or, you know, whatever that thing is. And there's no word games with God. You can't word game him to justify yourself because he's like, if you look on a woman to lust after you've committed the sin, if you are, if you are um, consenting to the murder of someone else, you're just as guilty which is what Paul related about himself. You know, I was a murderer just like they were, but he thought, I'm going to word game it out. I'm just going to hold their coats. But clearly... <laughs> so he was there, he condoned it. And, I'm going to carry right. the letter. The warrants. Yeah, I'm going to carry the letters and hold their coats while they get the job done. But So I'm, I'm good, but still, I can still have my satisfaction of seeing someone else harmed. Doesn't work. You cannot get away with those things with the Lord. He loves you, no doubt about it, but he is still righteous and holy, which is what he describes about himself. Like It doesn't matter how old you get. If you've got this iniquity on the books, he under he remembers that. It's still not paid for. It's uh, well, it's paid for, but it's still you have not cleared it with him. You cannot age out of it. You cannot reason out of it. You cannot. There's no statute of limitations. I'm telling you, time out of it. You cannot go, well, I only did part of it. Nope. The only, only way out, if you will, for it to be washed completely clean and for him to forget about it is to bring it before him and mm-hmm. repent. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Put it There's the no other Jesus. way to go about it. That's right. If you want him to wash your sins as white as snow, bring it to him. Mm-hmm. Confess it to him. And there's nothing too ugly that God doesn't understand. And, and he already knows you did it in the first place. I, that's so so it's not like you're going to hide it. <laughs> yes. It's not like you're going to hide it. All things are naked and open before him. Amen. Yes, indeed. That's so funny. Thank you for sharing that story with us, Kyla. But I can share it. <laughs> okay. I can <did> share it. <laughs> well, thank you for allowing me to share it. Oh, it's so funny. Okay. <laughs> We're looking. You mean forward. thank you for not having a choice in this being shared? No, I'm just getting. I'm getting practice for when the Lord, you know, no! when we get a little bit older, and the Lord brings her. Her spouse to her. I'm, I'm getting my practice in now so I can tell these funny stories. And they have sure children? They, yeah, absolutely. Making sure they say fresh. <laughs> no. Fresh in my mind so I can share them with all the love and joy that the Lord provided. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's funny. I'm done messing with you. I'm sorry, Kyla. I won't harass you anymore for now. For now. <laughs> Yeah, we've got to pick on you. Make sure nobody feels left out. That's why we pick on each of you equally. Well, your story was relevant. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's get back to the word. So moving on. What else did anyone get? Or what else was revealed to anyone in this section of scripture? Oh, was Charles' point about David mourning for Amnon and then getting over it. It kind of reminded me of how David was mourning for his first child with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. How in our eyes it looks like he just got over it quickly. He's like, oh, he's dead. Moving on. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of reminds me of like the prodigal son. not And how in the story of the prodigal son, the father mourned for the son that left, but he neglected the son that was still alive and paid him no heed and no mind. When he was there the entire time, taking care of all that his father needed. Hmm. Well, and he brought that point up to his dad. 
Okay. Well, no, his father didn't mistreat him. And like, if you, if you read this treat him, sure. But I just want to, I want to help you see something from the Lord's yes. perspective in that parable, the Lord Jesus, what he also described was the father when the oldest child got mad about like, Hey, this person just totally showed you their backside mm -hmm. and wasted all of our, our wealth and went out and lived like a, you know, a crazy person. Like you didn't raise them like a harlot living that kind of lifestyle but you took him back and you made this big party and you're celebrating, you're celebrating and acting like he's so important. And I've been here this whole time with you doing everything you asked me to do. The father said, basically, that's your perspective because you didn't see what was before you the whole time. He said, you've always been with me and everything that I have is yours. This one was dead and he just got back. Right. So they're celebrating yes. the return. The, the return to, oh, well, I'll say being restored back to the father. That's the celebration. That's what it's about. However, the first one was not being neglected. We have everything in Christ Jesus. Amen. It is our job to know and find out what we have. It's our job to come and access it and ask for what we need. Not waiting for God to somehow um, keep having to come, hey, I'm here for you. Hey, he's already said it. I'm here for you. All that I have is yours. Yes. Right? That's the job of the Holy Spirit to take what belongs to Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm saying mine because all that the Father has is mine. The Holy Spirit's going to take what belongs to Jesus. And disclose it to you. And make it known to you. So that way you can access it. How many more times can he tell you he loves you before you believe him? How many times can he say, all that I have is yours. Come to me. Come to me. I'm here for you. Come boldly before the throne. How many times can he say that to us before we believe him and act on it? And just because someone chooses not to does not therefore now mean that God never said and didn't do what he said he would do. It's your choice to act on it or not. But it also shows the clearly an issue in that relationship. Yes. Because the son, instead of viewing and doing whatever he did, tending the sheep and the lands and, and, the, and the, watching after the father's household as a thing of joy and mm -hmm. of just being obedient and out of love for his father. Mm -hmm. The view is that I'm doing work. Mm -hmm. This is a job. I hate it, but I'm doing it because you're my dad, right? No, it's, that's a total different perspective and motive. And it's a wrong one to have. Mm -hmm. How are you working in excellence? If you hate what it is you're doing, you're just doing it out of obligation. That, didn't, that shows a lack of love towards his father. And I don't think that he didn't love his dad. I think he just didn't understand. He didn't see clearly what it was. Clearly he was doing that for a reason. But oftentimes, um, you know, there's a couple different parables that the Lord describes, the people that labored in the field all day and the ones that came in at the end, the ones that, they were, that were there all day grumbled and were angry because the people that came in at the end, they were upset about it and angry. Because they received the same wages. Because they see, and he said, did you get what you agreed to work for? That's really none of your business. Likewise, the son should have always understood that. This belongs to the father. He can do what he wants to. He can bless his children the way he wants to because your face smiles when he blesses you. Why are you upset now when he blesses someone else's and chooses to forgive them? That's something that I had to, you know, get straight in my mind as well. The human perspective is a you owe me perspective. And because I should I've have done, more because of the next Y and Z you mm -hmm. now owe me. It's, it's a, you owe me and an entitlement perspective versus I'm grateful God for what you do for me. 
and having a good attitude towards the Lord and also looking like, thank you, God, for our brother returning. And thank exactly. you, God, for people coming into your kingdom. You're like, well, I should have more status because I've been here longer. I mean, I understand that as a person, but that's not what God's perspective is. Because it's that's not part right. of the world system. That's what they push, right? You, seniority and tenure and all these other things. You find it in every every aspect. <clears throat> I mean, in job and life, right? All that. And, but it's just a fleshly perspective. Jesus, right? Who is God? But he is also described as the firstborn of many brethren, the firstborn from the dead. Mm-hmm. He has everything. He's equal with God, and he has made us a joint heir with him. Well, if he, this is his perspective. Hey, God loves you with the same love. The Father loves you with the same love that he loves me. Understand this and come on in. Receive what he has for you. Be close to him. Be one with me and the Father and the Holy Spirit, and we are going to be one with you. That's his perspective. Come on in, everybody. Get, come get some from him. But the world's perspective goes, well, I should have it all. I'm entitled. You owe me. That's, that's clearly contrary to what Jesus shows which us. Which is then in that, it's then I deserve, right, mm-hmm. self Yes, entitled. I, I'm entitled yeah. to have more than someone else, but right. that's not it, right? That would be partiality, which would be a sin. And but it's all things equally, and only mm-hmm. when we view things from the from the Lord's perspective in this can we then celebrate when we see one of our brothers or sisters in Christ blessed mm-hmm. by the Lord. So Jesus did neither feel it was his equality with God as something to be grasped, like to to try to take it for himself. I'm God too. Don't y'all know? He didn't hang on to it, right? He didn't feel robbed or cheated or any of that to come down and be humbled and take on the form of humanity and then go through all the suffering that he went through to then be restored, like with the glory that he had with the Father before the world was. He didn't grasp onto that. Neither did he feel um, wronged in God sharing what he earned with us. Yes. He gave it to us freely. We are joint heirs with him, not equal in the standing of being God, but equal as in coming to God. We can receive the hard work that he did on the cross that wasn't for himself. He didn't need his own blood to wash his sins away, right? Yes. Even when he walked as a human, he was sinless, but before that, he's already God. But he gave it to us freely, and he didn't go, Ugh, I'm the king of everything, and y'all are trying to kill me. Like He didn't go through any of that self-entitlement, um, self-righteousness. He didn't do any of that. He freely gave it and was okay with us bringing us up. He was okay with bringing us up to his level and embracing us, being one with us and sharing in his oneness with the Father. He gave us that freely. So that's his perspective. In the prodigal son, the father was saying, hey, you totally missed this. It's not the father's fault that the oldest son missed it. It's the oldest son's job now to look up and see what, aside from having, because the eldest child in, in Jewish culture got all the inheritance and dispersed it to the younger siblings, took care of the mom, took care, you know, if she was still living after the dad passed away, and then ran the household and everything and dispersed to the, the younger siblings. So he was like, hey, this is my right. I'm entitled to that. I'm supposed to be giving him his inheritance, not you passing it out. He's going away. You know what I mean? Like, so he felt entitled to that. And like, it's mine. But he should have just said, I see your love for me every day. Like he could come and go. All that the father has belonged to him, literally, for him to give and, you know what I mean, manage and move and and to enjoy it. He could have had the fatted calf whenever he wanted. And 
It also shows the father's heart. Because if the roles had been reversed, would he not have done the exact same thing for that one? Mm-hmm. That in this moment he said he stayed. Right, but if the roles had been reversed, he would have been overjoyed. Wow, they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And he said, you never killed the fatted calf for me. And, you know, I, I, I get that as a person, as a human. I get that. But I yep. also understand there's more. Humanity's way of thinking is not the way that God does things. His thoughts are higher than ours. It's not the way and to manage are higher than ours. anything. Absolutely. But we have the mind of Christ. So let's come into his way of thinking and his way of doing things. So if Which you, we can only have if we learn oops, from him. Sorry, honey. Excuse me. No, no, I'm part. That's okay. In Psalm 73, um, Asaph, who's the writer of Psalm 73, goes through that, that experience. Mm-hmm. He starts out by saying, Truly God is good to Israel, to such, are, such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So kind of like that, though, the, the older brother, the older son of the in the, the story of the prodigal son, he looked like, I've been doing the right thing. What's been my reward? I've been having hard times. If you read through those scriptures, you'll see him saying how hard it's been for the believer, but the easy, the unbelievers just had an easy way. Yes. And it didn't cost him anything. He went out and lived like a crazy person and embarrassed us and, you know what I mean, insulted the Lord. They've done all these things, but it was so easy for them to do it. But here the righteous man has been, holding holding steady on the line and how hard it's been. And then he, he goes through that um, and talking about how sad his heart was grieved and it just it boggled his mind, basically. He couldn't fathom. How can somebody that's doing right have a harder time in life than someone who's just living how they want to live? Um, and then he after that, he kind of comes to himself and goes, ooh, wait a second. <laughs> that's not the way it is at all. Just because it seems like that, and I'm making air quotes, it appears like that to your flesh, especially as the enemy is going, well, mm, look at that. Look at this. Talking in your ear. Right? Yes. But then he comes back and he said, and for indeed, this is verse 27, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. But going, It's not a waste of my time. I'm misunderstanding. If it appears that way to me, I misunderstand. Let me get my mind right, basically, and come back to this is what you see, God. We all know that at the end of sin, it brings forth death, right? And that death is meant to be an eternal separation from the Lord. If you die, if someone dies in their sin, they're eternally separated from God. And the hardness that may be felt and experienced, you know, as it were, of holding the line and walking the course that Jesus asked you to walk is worth it just on the basic of the eternal state is worth it because god rewards those that diligently seek him but also he rewards us in this life as well it's not just all the the struggle of holding steady the course being in the way walking the way that christ desires for us to walk and living this life it's not just for the eternal side of it but it is also for today so it's not all hard. There are there are joys and good things. And we saw David come into those joys. We saw him struggle. But we saw him come into the joy and the goodness of the Lord and what await, awaited him. So um, what else were you saying? Um, that's it. That just how David's reaction 
to Amnon dying reminded me of his first and initial reaction to his first son with Bathsheba dying. Right. That's I'm, just David's character, it appears. Well, and it's not always, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I, I think, like, I, with the first, the child that died with Bathsheba, I can see him saying, well, that God told him that this is what's going to happen. This is a result of your sin. This is what's coming because God is faithful and he's good to let us know what to expect, what things are happening. But yes, he wanted, it was okay for him to ask God and petition, Lord, help me in this case, in this situation. And he understood, the Lord already told me that. So part of him and looking and reflecting was probably like, oh, well, that's just a part of, that's to be expected according to what happened, right? Yes. So I'm, I'm sure, like with the first one, he was like, that's just what to be expected. I, I, I did these things and I brought this into my household and this is what is going to happen. It, does that make sense? Yes. So I don't think he felt less love towards Amnon per se. Um, but it, it does seem a little bit, there's more to it than just, I'm sad over this one and not over the other. There, there is some more to it than that in his, his person. Yes. Promise Alan. Oh, it kind of said when boys say kind of soon that David got over Amnon's death. It kind of rem remind me of improper mourning. Okay, improper mourning. What do you mean by that? I know I've seen it, read it in either Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy. Okay, where he was talking about where Moses. Well, actually, the Lord was talking to Moses about improper mourning. Morning. Okay. Just like when Aaron's two sons died, and Aaron, Moses told the people, don't rip your clothes because it's improper mourning. Okay, so you're talking about Deuteronomy chapter 14. that look like what you were talking about? That's concerning the way they're mourning. Is that what you were talking about? Over, or are you saying there are certain times that they're allowed to mourn over certain subjects they can mourn and certain subjects they cannot mourn? Yes. Oh, okay. I have to look that one up. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Come back to you. But here's what that, what else did that say to you, sir? Whether it's this instance or whether also for the death of the first son, right? Bathsheba. Improper morning. Not about the improper morning. Just oh, okay. what else is that? What else did that speak to you? Is then kind of what he said after the. Well, baby, who said when? David said after the baby died. 
Okay, what, did, what was that? He said, while the child was alive, I fast, fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he's dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what did all that say to you or speak to you? Because to me, it speaks that deep down, we all want justice. Right? Yes. Okay. But what's justice? Justice is what's right, not by man's perspective. But true justice and righteousness. Isn't that exactly what he says to Isaiah in Isaiah 56? That says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who lays hold on it who keeps from defiling the sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil everyone wants justice and i don't mean how the world views justice uh, racial justice or any of these other qualifiers that we end up putting before the word justice because as soon as that happens, it's not justice. Mm-hmm. It's been marginalized. Tainted. Tainted. Manipulated. Mm-hmm. Justice is, is what's just across the board. It's a standard. So deep down, David, and like all of us, we know what's just. We know that because the Holy Spirit quickens that and reveals that to us on the inside, that what happens is what's just, right? Yes, David sought the Lord. He was asking for grace and mercy for the, the son he had with Bathsheba, the first son. But deep down, he knew what was just. And you have the same, as you pointed out, right? The similar instance here. Yeah, he was comforted, right? He, did he mourn for Ammon? Yeah, sure, it was a son. Amnon. Amnon, excuse mm-hmm. me. It's okay. Yeah, he absolutely mourned. That's... You know, right? You see that with the prodigal son that we pointed out. Mm-hmm. He said, My son was dead, but now he's alive. Mm-hmm. This gives another chance with him. Exactly. Basically. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there was cause for celebration. But he also knew what happened to Amnon was just. Mm-hmm. And I could see David also going, Amnon is gone. At this point, David clearly doesn't know about people being raised from the dead <laughs> by the Lord. So it's final in his book, right? So him saying that Absalom is still alive, I still have a chance with him. I can go and I can at least have that relationship. I can still have a relationship with him because he is still alive. Does that make sense? Yes. So there, there's probably some, based on what he said before, he's dead now. The child is dead now, so you just got to move on, right? Which is also mm-hmm. something he learned as a warrior. You can't stand there crying over your friend who just got killed when you're in battle continue to fight you got to keep moving because now you're going to be next to him killed as well if you don't so i'm sure he has that kind of mindset from his life that he's lived as a warrior but also um you have a chance while they're still living once they're dead you know right move on and then between amnon and absalom amnon was dead so he cried the mourning period, but he's dead. 
he's never going to, if he goes, to even what he was saying about the baby, I can go to him, but he's not going to come to me. So if you go to the gravesite every day, that baby's not coming out of there. The baby's not talking to you. The baby, you know what I mean? Like you can continue to mourn if you desire, but he can't have a relationship with them at this point. But what he can have is a relationship with Absalom. And also he has other responsibilities that the Lord's given him. Mm-hmm. He has a kingdom to rule over. Yeah. Right, and all these other all these other things to to, to keep the country united and, and everything else that comes along with that office uh, as a king, as a president, as a right mm. that position. Yeah, it's a huge responsibility that's been entrusted to him. Yeah, and these things are still happening and still moving forward every day. Yeah, David is having a rough. I mean, like he he has spent quite a few. Quite a bit of time and and mourning and distracted by things that should not have been distractions. These shouldn't even have been a thing. But that's the thing about choices. Once you make a choice, especially that's in the not in the way that God asked you to, you open the door for other things, and that journey takes you places that you probably wouldn't have imagined that you would have gone or ever desired and, to be. Mm-hmm. And so now he's dealing with these these things within his household trouble within his household and he distracted is he even able to be king because he's too busy crying and being sad and you know emotionally torn versus it's one thing when you're fighting enemies out on the street it's different when you have that kind of um fighting within your home um it's it's not from the lord jesus just described we uh, read in yesterday's um chapter that a house divided against itself cannot stand so now his house is divided god had given him a promise of you're going to have somebody to sit on the throne forever i'm establishing there was a a caveat if they continue to follow the lord absolutely that's always that's always the caveat but i'm saying even god came to him and made this declaration to him that covenant absolutely and which meant it's on the table before you have it you know what i mean like this is yours this is what's coming like when you told us that testimony of, uh, a couple weeks ago maybe that you were thinking about wasting your day <laughs> when you were supposed to be studying and the holy spirit said nope don't do it you got a blessing coming around the corner right yes and you listened to the voice of the holy spirit and you ended up getting that very thing that he described to you right yes so god put that on the table for him uh, so that was chapter second uh, Samuel chapter seven, and um, and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your house, just your household, your family, mm-hmm. your people, having that peace, having it established and strong. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So then that means a house that is not divided can stand, right? Yes, and. Of course, the caveat has always been be obedient to the Lord. He does not wink at sin. He doesn't go, well, you can do it, but this one over here can't. He well, doesn't because do right that. before that, he describes Saul, right? And and how essentially there was the same covenant. Opportunity. Opportunity, yes. Mm-hmm. But Saul mm-hmm. refused to follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. He resisted him. He fought against him, which is why mm. Saul's household was not still on the throne. Right, the, right before he makes that covenant, he, he reminds him of what happened with Saul. Mm-hmm. 
These things happen. Don't forget. And I took it from him and I gave it to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a, a bad place for David. Why? Because he's resisted the Lord. He hasn't followed. He hasn't been obedient to how he's, the Lord has instructed him to live through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's a bad place for any believer when we're outside of listening to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, okay, we've talked about as, we're, as human beings, we're limited to time and space, right? We're limited to the laws and the rules that govern the earth, like gravity, things of that nature, right? Yes. Which also means that <clears throat> our natural eyes see they're designed for the, the world we the realm that we live in, the natural realm around us. Your your naked eyes are not developed for the spiritual realm. The Holy Spirit can make those things known to you by the gifts that He operates as He wills. But on on average, the everyday, they're made to look and see the trees growing, the barbecue grill, you know what I mean, the fence, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so in the natural David is walking and living. In the spiritual realm, all the spiritual realm has heard this promise that God made to him, the covenant that that he reaffirmed, but that he made with him in chapter 7 of 2 Samuel. And of course, anytime God is doing something and blessing his people, the enemy's circling around, coming by to, to see what's available how can he get in? How just like he, he said how to, can he take about that blessing away. Right, just like he said about Job. Have you considered my servant Job? That's what the Lord said to Satan. And he was like, Yes, I have. You have this hedge of protection around him. I can't get in there. That meant he had been looking. Right? Yes. yes. So the enemy heard in the spiritual realm what's happening for David, what's on the table. So what's his first thing gonna be? To go get him out of there. To try to, try to take it from him. To try to disrupt that. How do you stop that? Adam and Eve in the garden had the covering. They had the glory of God. They had the blessing. Have dominion over it. Subdue it. You know, they had all of this. Same as with Uriah. Mm-hmm. The whole point and purpose to get them to violate it themselves. Put the temptation out there. So they violated themselves. So. Which means they gave it up willingly. Wittingly and willingly. They, they carved a hole in there for the enemy. And now he's taken claim of... That life, that right. and, prosperity, and when, that whatever exactly. it is that God has for them. So, so the, when I brought up Uriah, it was more to he was trying to cover it up and cover so up his Uriah own actions. Uriah did no wrong, but David in this situ- situation. Yes. So the moment that this was declared to him, right? This, this is the enemy is now looking for an opportunity to tempt him based on what? His own desires. Each man is tempted. When they're drawn away by their own lusts. Okay, and we, I know we talk about that almost daily in this Bible study, but it's, it's important that we're clear. The enemy doesn't come. There's no temptation with something you're not interested in. Nobody can bring me a plate of monkey brains and go, ooh, you know, and wave it in my face and get a, tell me to get a whiff of it and then say, don't steal my monkey brains. You have no worries. I will not be touching them because... Kamisha does not like monkey brains. I know that. <laughs> There's, I, I'm not tip, not at all. So the enemy comes with things that you, you may would, be interested in, right? Not maybe you, that you are interested in. And when it's a big and important thing, especially because Jesus is involved with this covenant, he should have known that he was coming right then and there. So that that's a clue for us. We ha- we all have a promise from the Lord, and we know that especially as soon as we get a specific word about our destiny. 
when we get a word on that destiny track and how God wants to do things and bless us, the enemy's coming to try to derail that. Okay, so be on guard. And don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of watching and praying. Don't get tired of walking faithfully before the Lord because we know that in due season you're going to reap if you faint not. You will reap if you don't quit. And that quitting oftentimes looks like I'm going to stop following. I'm, I'm just going to have that woman over there. Yeah, I see her up there dancing on, splashing around on her rooftop and pausing extra long and, you know, making sure I see the whole show. I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes <laughs> so I can make sure that I don't fall into that sin because I have too much on the line. Our lives are valuable. The lives of God's people are valuable. And our destiny tract is specific and it's unique and it's for the plan and the will of God. And by that, we're all God's people. Oh, yes. There are those that choose to follow him and there are those that don't. But we're all created by him. So that's everybody. Now you can come into that and we mm -hmm. encourage you to do so. Mm -hmm. And for the ones that are already in it, we encourage you to maintain that walk, that relationship in him. Just following and being obedient out of your love and reverence for God and who he is. Mm -hmm. And know that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Know that. Don't get tired of being where God asked you to be. Amen. All right, well, let's pause there for today because there's a lot, uh, a lot that we can meditate on and search out in Scripture and let the Lord reveal those things to us. Okay? Who wants to close this out in prayer? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, I just thank you for another one of these Bible studies, Lord, that you have continued to be in our midst, Lord, and have done great things for us, Lord. I just thank you for being with us wherever we go, Lord, not just when we're in Bible study, Lord, but being with us as we go through our day, Lord, doing our daily activities, Lord. Lord, I just thank you that you give us protection in a way to escape from every temptation and allow us to overcome it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.